0: Welcome back to ESPN West Palm tonight here on ESPN 106.3. And right now I am joined by Dr. David Kleinman, cardiac electrophysiologist with cardiovascular care at the Palm Beach Health Network Physician Group and on staff at Delray Medical Center and West Boca Medical Center. Dr. Kleinman is highly experienced and specializes in the diagnosis and treatment of heart arrhythmias, including atrial fibrillation or AFib, And Dr. Kleinman, in the sports world, basketball legend Kareem Abdul-Jabbar recently shared his AFib diagnosis story to bring awareness to this type of heart arrhythmia. And before we get into a little bit more on AFib, I just want to backtrack and ask you, Dr. Kleinman, what is heart arrhythmia?
1: Sure. And an arrhythmia is anything but a normal heart rhythm. So with the normal heart rhythm, the um, electrical impulse in the heart originates uh, in the natural pacemaker called the sinus node, and then it travels through the top chamber called the atrium and then goes through um, some specialized electrical bundles in the heart and activates the bottom chambers, which are the main pumping chambers of the heart called the ventricles. And that's the normal sequence. Anything but that is called a heart arrhythmia, and and that includes just about anything from very slow heart rhythms to fast heart rhythms, um, anything from very benign heart rhythms that are actually common in athletes where the heart kind of beats slow and irregular, but that's a benign arrhythmia called sinus arrhythmia, uh, to very dangerous heart rhythms that can make people die suddenly. So basically encompasses anything but a normal heart rhythm.
0: Dr. Kleinman, I know that you specialize in AFib. Again, that's atrial fibrillation, also what uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was diagnosed with. Is that the most common type of heart arrhythmia in general or, or that you see? And then outside of AFib, what are some of the other common arrhythmias that you deal with on a regular basis?
1: Sure. Well, I wouldn't say AFib is the most common, but it's one of the most common, and it's probably the most common that we treat. It happens as people get older. So it tends to be an arrhythmia of older people, but not exclusively. It happens in young people as well. Um, so, um, you know, to describe what AFib is, it's when the top chamber of the heart, the atria, the electrical activity kind of breaks down and makes the top chamber beat extremely fast. And those fast heart rhythms transmit down to the lower chambers, the ventricles, and make them beat fast and irregular. But the arrhythmia starts in the top chamber of the heart. I see all kinds of arrhythmias, anywhere from slow heart rhythms, um, for which people sometimes need a pacemaker, fast, dangerous heart rhythms from the bottom chamber, um, for which they may need an implantable defibrillator, Um, and then, of course, there are fast heart rhythms called SVT, supraventricular tachycardia, and um, those are treated in various ways, including an invasive procedure called a catheter ablation, and of course, uh, we perform catheter ablations, or I perform catheter ablations for AFib also.
0: Dr. Kleinman, what are the symptoms of a heart arrhythmia?
1: Right, so so if uh, someone feels the heart racing very fast in sustained fashion, a, a few seconds here and there is not a big deal. But if, um, if it's sustained and racing fast, that's something to be concerned about. Other things, um, some people may not feel the heart race. Um, they can feel dizzy, uh, they can pass out, they may feel very fatigued and that might be from a heart arrhythmia. So the, the, these are the main symptoms to look out for. Other people just go completely without symptoms and they mm-hmm. might have an arrhythmia called AFib it's not uncommon that the first presentation for AFib is a stroke because AFib can cause strokes so for that reason it's important that people uh, see their doctor regularly so it could be detected
0: here on ESPN 1063 with Dr. David Kleinman cardiac electrophysiologist at the Palm Beach Health Network Physician Group and also on staff at Delray Medical Center and West Boca Medical Center so again Dr. Kleinman, we've talked about heart arrhythmias, and for diagnosing an arrhythmia, what are the things that, you know, take place? Is it a, a simple stethoscope to the, the chest of a patient, or, you know, what are the other complicated testings that help you diagnose uh, an arrhythmia, and then, again, the, the type of arrhythmia a patient may have?
1: Sure. We start off basic, so physical exam, just what you said, put a stethoscope to someone's t- chest, take their pulse. Uh, If we can't get answers with the physical exam, uh, I mean, we we always do an EKG also. So we'll do a a standard 12-lead EKG in the office or if they end up in the hospital, in the hospital. And then sometimes we move on to other tests, heart monitoring. The patient can wear a monitor for 24 hours. Um, They can wear it for longer. We have two-week monitors. We have 30-day monitors. And we even have implantable monitors where um, we numb up the skin and insert a monitor under the skin, and that acts as a monitor. Uh, As a general rule, we want to make sure that someone's heart is okay. So we'll do ultrasound of the heart. Sometimes we'll do a stress test. And then there are invasive tests um, where I can put a catheter through the vein um, in the groin area and use that as a conduit up to the heart. Um, and uh, we can put the catheters in the heart and really evaluate the heart's electrical system very carefully.
0: Dr. Kleinman, you mentioned that with AFib, sometimes a heart arrhythmia or this type of heart arrhythmia is undetected. What can go wrong if a heart arrhythmia, it, again, is left undetected and in turn untreated?
1: Well, um You shouldn't do that. (laughs) If if you have a heart arrhythmia, you should get medical attention. Um, Depending on the type of heart arrhythmia, um, it might lead to passing out with possible injury. Um, Sometimes if things get bad enough, it can lead to weakening of the heart, especially if the heart arrhythmia is fast and sustained. Um, Over a period of months, the heart can become weak with all the consequences involved there. And sometimes heart arrhythmias can also can can result in death if it's neglected. So, you know, the bottom line is get medical attention if you have a heart arrhythmia. If things are bad enough, you can go to the emergency room. But usually you can just call your family doctor, start from there. And then, you know, people kind of work their way through the system and eventually end up in my office.
0: Again, here with Dr. David Kleinman, cardiac electrophysiologist with the Palm Beach Health Network Physician Group, and also on staff at Delray Medical Center and West Boca Medical Center. And Dr. Kleinman, you also have expertise in ventricular tachycardia and super, uh, supraventricular tachycardia. How do these arrhythmias differ from AFib?
1: So AFib is almost always irregular or it really is by definition irregular. These arrhythmias, ventricular tachycardia and supraventricular tachycardia are usually regular and fast. Supraventricular tachycardia uh, is the hallmark of SVT or supraventricular tachycardia is that it is generally a benign arrhythmia. It's not dangerous, but it can be very bothersome to people. They may feel their heart race. They might feel dizzy. They can even pass out with this. Um, Ventricular tachycardia, depending on the context, so if it happens in people who've had prior heart attacks, it can be very dangerous and uh, even life-threatening and would require a, um, a defibrillator implant. Um, uh, in some people, it's not dangerous, but similar to SVT or supraventricular tachycardia, um, it can be bothersome. And, um, you know, all of these arrhythmias should be evaluated by an electrophysiologist um, and to decide the best possible strategy of how to approach it.
0: Dr. Kleinman, earlier you mentioned uh, pacemakers, watchmans, defibrillators as treatments, uh, treatment options for heart arrhythmias. And I was wondering if you could just, you know, go over those again, explain your proficiency and how those devices are implanted and how uh, they are effective.
1: Sure. So, uh, you know, th- these are all tools in, in, in what I do to, to help treat patients. Um, they don't apply to, to everybody, um, but they, they help in managing arrhythmias in certain patients. So pacemakers are used to treat slow heart rhythms, which happen in certain people. If the heart's beating too slow, you implant the pacemaker. Um, it's a pacemaker. All of these procedures are fairly simple, low risk procedures. Um, you basically, and with a pacemaker and a defibrillator for that matter, you put wires into the uh, venous system of the body and the, the veins act as a conduit into the heart. Um, and then you hook the wires up to a battery that goes under the skin and it helps um, uh, the heart beat faster. Uh, Defibrillators are implanted in similar fashion, but it's for an entirely different reason. They're implanted to stop dangerous fast heart rhythms, such as ventricular tachycardia, like I just discussed. But it's implanted in virtually the same way as a pacemaker. Um, And all defibrillators also perform pacing functions, so they're combination pacemakers and defibrillators. A Watchman implant's a very different kind of procedure. Um, that's done for people um, who have AFib um, and are therefore um, uh, at risk of developing a blood clot in the heart, which can break loose, go to the head and give you a stroke. Um, for those people, but without a watchman, you know, we generally recommend blood thinners to stop these blood clots from, from forming, but some people don't tolerate the blood thinners, usually because of bleeding problems or risk of falling. Um, in which case if they fell and hit their head and they're on a blood thinner, that would be bad. So for whatever reason, they can't be on a blood thinner. They have a history of AFib, and we need to stop them from having a stroke without the blood thinner. Um, So what I do with that procedure is I insert a tiny little device through the vein in the groin that travels up to the heart, and I put it in a little pouch in the top left chamber of the heart called the left atrial appendage and block that pouch off and stop blood from getting in there where it cannot anymore um, form a blood clot. And that way they can get off the blood thinner safely and not have a risk of having a stroke. Or That's not really true, but, but the risk of having a stroke is low, the same after a Watchman implant as if they were on blood thinners.
0: A couple more things here with Dr. David Kleinman. Cardiac electrophysiologist at the Palm Beach Health Network Physician Group and also on staff at Delray Medical Center and West Boca Medical Center. And Dr. Kleinman, we hear it all the time, but you know it's true that medicine, or the best medicine, is prevention. What are, or I should say, are there any lifestyle changes or, or things people can do in order to prevent developing a heart arrhythmia?
1: The answer is yes. Um, in particular, with AFib, one of the, the main risk factors for having AFib
0: is being
1: overweight and also having sleep apnea. That's not to say that people who are in good shape can't develop AFib. They can. But I tell my patients who are overweight and have AFib that the one best thing they can do uh, to reduce the frequency of AFib recurrence is to lose weight. Mm-hmm. Um, And if they have sleep apnea, which happens in a lot of overweight people, to get the sleep apnea treated.
0: Dr. Kleinman, since you went into the field and became a cardiac electrophysiologist, what has changed about this specialty? What has changed the most about this specialty from the time where you got into things uh, to now, which is, you know, over two decades plus?
1: Oh, sure. So I've I've been doing this for about 25 years, and there have been a lot of changes. When I started doing this, the ablations that we did, which is an invasive procedure where we burn uh, short circuits in the heart, they were done almost exclusively for SVT, supraventricular tachycardia, and VT, ventricular tachycardia. Now, probably the majority of ablation procedures are done for AFib. We didn't do any ablations for AFib when I started out. That's um, issue number one. Also, the technology uh, for doing ablations has evolved incredibly. So we, we, uh, we now use specialized three-dimensional mapping systems that help us ablate these arrhythmias and improve success rates and improve the safety of the procedure. That's just with ablation. Also with device therapies, with pacemakers and defibrillators, the uh, devices and the wires that they're attached to, uh, they're much smaller, they're more sophisticated, they last longer. Bottom line, everything is better uh, than it was 25 years ago when Mm -hmm. I started.
0: Wrapping things up with Dr. David Kleinman, cardiac electrophysiologist with the Palm Beach Health Network Physician Group and on staff at Delray Medical Center and West Boca Medical Center. And, and Doctor, I know you touched on this a little bit with the testing that goes on for heart arrhythmias, but can you tell us a little bit about what patients might expect if they come to see you and your team at your offices in the Delray Medical Center tower and, again, on campus of the West Boca Medical Center?
1: Sure. So almost nobody walks in off the street to my office. They Mm -hmm. get referred usually from a general cardiologist, sometimes uh, from a primary care physician. But no matter what, they're going to get a full evaluation. We're going to get records, see what's been done already. Um, At the very minimum, we're going to get an EKG, um, do a comprehensive history, physical exam, um, and um, just for starters, any testing that hasn't been done already, we're going to do um, probably an echocardiogram, an ultrasound of the heart, um, a Holter monitor, a monitor that, that um, monitors arrhythmias if it's appropriate, um, and um, you know any, any kind of targeted testing uh, that is required to treat the patient and address the problem.
0: Dr. Kleinman, I know that you were the director of an electrophysiology lab up in Philadelphia. What brought you down to South Florida?
1: Mostly because we like Florida. (laughs) We wanted to move here. (laughs) My wife and I decided to move here. That was the main issue.
0: Good stuff well we are happy to have you down here in the Sunshine State and obviously you know Philadelphia with the, with the Eagles and the Phillies have had a couple good runs last couple seasons and, and obviously you know the Panthers and the heat getting to to their championship series in their sports so you might you might just be the, uh, the the good luck charm Dr. Kleinman. so again very happy to have you down here in South Florida. pleasure to chat thank you so much for all the information and the insight and again looking forward to our next conversation.
1: All right. Take care.
0: Once again, that was Dr. David Kleinman, cardiac electrophysiologist at the Palm Beach Health Network Physician Group and on staff at Delray Medical Center and West Boca Medical Center. Dr. Kleinman's offices are located in the Delray Medical Center Tower on the campus of the West Boca Medical Center. And to learn more about Dr. David Kleinman or to request an appointment with his office, call 561-638-9140. Or you can always go to pbhnphysiciangroup.com.